Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the Sportsbook Sharps. I am your host, Andy Royst, and this week we're going to go over the results from last week, our Stay Frosty segment, some locks that I like for the upcoming week two of the NFL, week three of NCAA, and I will reveal at the end of the podcast, as always, my lock of the week. I've got an extra special guaranteed lock of the week this week, so make sure to tune in. Stay tuned in to the end of the podcast to get that lock and get you some money come this weekend. Uh, Let's start with a recap. It was not a great week of football gambling. It was a great week of football, lots of upsets. But when you're betting on favorites, it it was not a good week for you. Our gambling group went 3-5 and on the week. All five losses were from the NFL. We were 3-0 in college football so very sharp in college football we've got a few college football bets on the spreadsheet this week so make sure to follow me at tss gambling on tiktok where every saturday i reveal the gambling spreadsheet with all eight of our locks for the week i am currently sitting at zero and three on the season i don't know if i've ever been this bad at sports gambling but I'm guaranteeing this lock this week, and I have some special reasons I will get into when I get into the lock, but this week the lock guaranteed to hit. So next week I'll be 1-3 on the upswing, but right now I am 0-3 on the season. My lock pick did not work out this week, and for all the locks that I liked, I gave four that I liked last week. I only got one of those to hit. The other three were misses, so for the the week I was 1-4. Not a great week. So let's get into a few of them. The Rams plus 25, plus 2.5. That was the Thursday night game last week. They just got absolutely rolled. They didn't even show up to the game. I don't have anything other to say than they lost by a billion. And I don't know what to do about the Rams this year. Was Matt Stafford a one-off accident last year? Did they catch lightning in a bottle? I have no idea. They look dreadful. I understand they were playing one of the perennial favorites in the Bills, but if they look that bad, I'm staying away from gambling them until I can figure out what they actually are this season. Uh, So that was Rams plus two and a half. That was a loss. Bengals. What are you doing? Bengals. There's a saying for those that grew up around Cincinnati or around Bengals fans. They were especially bad in most of my life. And that saying is, Bengals going to bangle. And sure enough, the Bengals bangled on Sunday. They had five turnovers. They looked horrible. And yet somehow they almost won. It took a miraculous uh, overtime. There were missed field goals. There were blocked field goals. There were blocked extra points. The game was crazy. I can't even remember all of it. It was nuts. They weren't going to cover. Once it hit overtime, they weren't going to cover. But uh, they were six and a half favorites. But they ended up losing by three in overtime. Just looked dreadful. I think they'll still be okay. Five turnovers. I just don't know how that happened in one game. Probably the only time Joe Burrow's ever had that many turnovers in a game like that. They won't do that every single week. So I I think you're still okay to bet on the Bengals in the future. But again, I'm staying away from them right now. Was this a fluke? Was it not a fluke? The offensive line looked terrible. I thought they got them more help this offseason. And it still looked like a Swiss cheese offensive line. So again, for now, I'm staying away from the Bengals. I'm also staying away from the Steelers. 
you had five turnovers and you barely won the game. It took you an extra overtime. They hit the field goal at the very end of the overtime and you barely won the game. So, you know, I don't think they're going to be any good this year, but we'll see. It's again, week one. I got to see a little bit more out of some of these NFL teams because I, what I thought I knew going into the season, I didn't know. Uh, but you can't always guarantee five turnovers a game. So Steelers, you're on watch. I'm staying away from you for now to see what you really are. Another team that I don't know what they are, the Titans. Minus six is what my pick was. They lost by one to the New York G-Men. I thought the Giants were terrible. I thought Daniel Jones was terrible. I thought Saquon was probably going to get hurt. He looked amazing. Saquon looked like four years younger than he looked last season. I don't know where that came from. I don't know if he did a bunch of training in the offseason or what. He looks amazing. I am not going to belittle the G-Men for now. Again, it's one of those cases where I need to see more from these teams. But the Titans did not look good. Their defense gave up a touchdown late. And I did like that the Giants went for two at the end of the game on the road instead of playing for the tie and going into overtime, they just decided to go for it, get the two points, and they, of course, got the two points and ended up winning by one. That was my lock last week, Titans minus six, and it is a loser. Another lock that I liked that was a total loser was Broncos minus 6.5, Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. The fans booed him. He was not well-received in his first game back in Seattle since leaving, and he totally no-showed. He overthrew guys. They ended up losing to Seattle to Geno Smith. Not much more I want to say about that other than the Broncos did not look good, and I, again, will not be taking them for any locks until I see a little bit more out of them. It could have been a result of Russell not playing a single preseason snap. I don't understand. I understand that the teams practice all week. I don't understand what this new fad is with Nobody playing in the preseason. There were definitely a lot of favorites that looked terrible this weekend, and that could be, in my opinion, attributed to no preseason snaps. So maybe next year, if you get a new quarterback on your team, you might want to spend a series or two during the preseason, take a couple snaps, get a rhythm going, and and get some practice in. The only one that did win was a lock from my Uncle John, UTSA, the Roadrunners, beep, beep. They covered one and a half, but it took a miracle overtime touchdown to get it. Uh, Everything that we're working for on this podcast apparently has to be a struggle when we make our picks. So even this one, uh, UTSA, in the overtime, the other team scored, and they had to go down and score a touchdown to cover it. I actually bet this one, but didn't get one and a half. I got two and a half, but luckily my two and a half covered because they win by uh, three points in overtime. Now we want to do the Stay Frosty segment. If you have not heard the news yet, Nebraska head coach Scott Frost was fired on Sunday. It may have got buried in some of the excitement of the NFL season kicking off, but Nebraska played on Saturday to Georgia Southern. I told you on the podcast last week that Georgia Southern was a 23-point underdog and that there was no way that this Nebraska team covers 23 points. Well, they didn't even win the game. Georgia Southern upsets Nebraska at home, and apparently the boosters and management at Nebraska had seen enough, and as soon as Sunday morning came around, they had fired him. 
I have some fun stats to share with you that I took. Uh, I actually caught the end of that game on television, and they put up a stat just as uh, they were getting ready to kick the field goal at the end of the game. Scott Frost is 5-21 and 21 in one-score games, and he had lost the last nine straight one-score games that he had played in. That is an incredible stat. I don't know how you are that bad that you lose nine straight one-score games. Eventually, some break goes your way, and you don't lose nine in a row. But just his inept coaching and his poor game management led them to lose nine straight one-score games, an incredible stat, a stat that will likely not be matched by anybody else in an NCAA head coaching position in the near future. Uh, Scott Frost was one of the special ones, and as an ode to him, we will continue this Stay Frosty segment because I got other head coaches that are on the hot seat, so they need to make sure to stay frosty. And one of them that I'm going to talk to you about right now is one of my personal my personal favorite NFL team, the Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy. What are you doing? I understand that Dak Prescott got hurt in the game, but it was very late in the game that he got hurt. I think Cooper Rush was only in for two or maybe three series in the fourth quarter. They only scored three points. They were the only NFL team my wife gave me this stat to share earlier today. The only NFL team last weekend that did not score a touchdown. The only team. They didn't even score two field goals. They ended the game with three points. In the modern NFL age, I don't know how any team ends the game with three points. Just an embarrassing game. I understand that they were playing Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that the Bucs will probably be good again. But to look that bad is just incredible. And now you lose Dak for six to eight weeks, which puts it at the end of October, beginning of November, that he'll be back. This is Mike's third year in Dallas. I, I don't know why Jerry Jones is keeping him around. He just needs to go. They're going to be really bad this year, especially without Dak. I, Cooper Rush isn't going to win anything. I looked at their schedule coming up. They're at the Bengals next week, this upcoming weekend. That's a total loss. They're at the New York Giants. That's a loss. They're at the Washington Commanders. That's a loss. At the Rams. That's a loss. At the Eagles. That's a loss. The only game they might win in this stretch without Dak is, is coming in October against the Lions. It's at home. Maybe they win that. I don't know. But then if they do win that, they're sitting at one and six with that if they beat the Lions. The next weekend they play the Bears, they'll probably lose to them. And then they have a bye, and then the Packers on November 13th. So even if Dak takes all eight weeks and he comes back right before that game, it's at the Packers. The Packers will probably be rolling by then, and that's another loss. So he's looking at starting the season one and eight. And I just I don't know why the Cowboys would keep him around. Um, they should definitely fire him this season, if not in season. And then finally, another honorable Stay Frosty mention, Brian Kelly in LSU. Now, I know he won his game this weekend, and he beat up on the School of the Blind or whatever they played. But this weekend, they are a home underdog to Mississippi State. LSU should never be a home underdog to Mississippi State. If you're a premier program in the SEC, you should never be a home underdog to Mississippi State. Mississippi State is an irrelevant program in the SEC. The only redeeming thing that anybody from Mississippi State has ever done is ring that cowbell at their home games. They could all be extras in a Blue Oyster cult tribute band, 
And that's about all that Mississippi State is good for. So to be a home underdog to Mississippi State, it's just a sign that that you're not ready to coach in the, another big program and you're not ready for this job at LSU. Also, their remaining schedule is very tough. They have New Mexico coming up. That's an easy game. But then it's all SEC from there. They have all at Auburn, Tennessee, at Florida, Ole Miss, Bama, at Arkansas, a home game against Texas A&M. I don't see him winning any of those games. So he'll have two wins heading into SEC play, lose all the SEC games. They do have a UAB game. Uh, the SEC loves to do that cupcake game in November. They do have that UAB game in November, so he'll probably win that. So he's looking at a 3-9 and nine season in an SEC institution. He is very much going to be on the hot seat at the end of this season with a 3-9 and nine record. And if he doesn't rapidly improve that program in the offseason, he is going to be out the door by the end of year two, if he even makes it to the end of year two. So that is an honorary stay frosty again to Brian Kelly. And we'll be on Brian Kelly watch this whole season. There were a few locks that I liked, really only one from the gambling group. And that was Greg, who submitted Oklahoma minus 11 and a half at Nebraska. I don't know what's going on with that bet. I checked the line right before the podcast, and it actually went down a point to 10 and a half. So I don't know if people think that Nebraska is just going to be dramatically better without Scott Frost at head coach. They certainly aren't going to be any worse, but I don't know why, you know, Oklahoma is a top 10 program this year. It's at Nebraska, but Georgia Southern just won at Nebraska. So why the line is so low, I'm not really sure. So I would definitely bet that as a lock. Minus 11 and a half Oklahoma. Like I said, if you're, if you're banking the bet now, the line already shifted down to minus 10 and a half. So make sure to lock that in this week. Another one that I liked, it wasn't from our gambling spreadsheet. It was talked about a little bit in our text group, but nobody ended up taking it as their lock. Iowa plus 23 hosting Nevada. Now, Nevada is not a very good school, but Iowa, they have no offense. They've played two games. They've scored seven points in each game. The one game, they did, it, the seven points wasn't even a touchdown. It was a field goal and two safeties. So on this season, in two games in college football, they have scored one touchdown. I don't know where they think 23 points is coming from. They are not going to score 23 points in any game this year, let alone win by 23 points. They're not going to win 23-0. They're going to win this game, but they're going to win this game 9-3, to 12-4. I don't know what to expect from them anymore. The two safeties in one game was a wild score to get to seven. They are not going to beat anybody by 23, even at home. So I like this as a lock. Iowa plus 23. Those are the two locks that I like this week. Finally, for my lock of the week, I am taking Cleveland minus six home against the New York Jets. The Jets look terrible in their first game, and the Browns are bringing back their original logo from the 1940s, Brownie the Elf. They stamped him, put him right in center field. They're bringing back the time when they were actually good at football. The Browns have been horrible the last 50 years at football. But back in the 1940s and the 1950s, they won many championships before the NFL was formed. And now they're bringing back that logo and putting it right on the center field. I think the Browns win at home. I think they win big. I think they cover the six points and win by even more. That 
is your lock of the week. Cleveland, minus six against the Jets at home. That is going to do it for this week's edition of the Sportsbook Sharps. Make sure to tune in to our TikTok to make sure you get all the locks of the week that are getting posted on Saturday. Good luck gambling this weekend, everybody.